We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks. And joining me is close friend of the pod, so close that it's almost like he should be the co-host, KP Kyle Posey. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm better with the digs. The digs are always appreciated <laughs> and always necessary. So thanks for having me on, man. What's going on? Long time to talk. Of course, bro. I mean, has it has it been a while? Because I feel like, did I do something wrong or have I waited too long? <laughs> no. It, it's no, weird. We, we go through these, these little phases, these dry spells where there's nothing to talk about, but there's always something to talk about. And naturally, 49ers found their way to get back in the news. I know, man. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So obviously, if you are listening to this pod, you there is a very good chance that you are 100% aware aware of what we're about to talk about. One, it's going to be in the title. Two, you probably don't live under a rock. You would know that star 49ers, offensive machine, playmaker, wide receiver, running back, wide back, back wide. What was the what was the nickname for his position, his new position? Wide back. There you go. Also, f- under the silverback absolute badass category, Devo Samuel has requested to be traded from the 49ers which is, as you can tell by my voice, a very confusing, perplexing, surprising development. I mean, we all kind of knew that he was, something was wrong. Something was not happy. I mean, deleting Instagram pictures is like the worst thing you can do in 2022. So we knew something was wrong. I don't think I thought it would come to this point, but just firing from the hip before we even get into the reports, KP, what was your reaction? I didn't know what to think at first, man, just because, and we talked about this a little bit before, on the one hand, this like this didn't come out of nowhere, right? So it's been going on for a couple of weeks now, but it was we never knew how real it was. And now it's like, wow, it, oh, it's here. Like it's, it's not only real, but it might really happen. So 
these are the kind of these are the kind of players that you hope to draft, right? Like the whole reason we do this every couple months in the, for a few months at a time in the NFL draft is because we want to find a superstar like Debo Samuel. And of course, after 2021, he was a superstar. He wasn't all pro. And now talking about freaking trading him. So it's, it's uh, that's the, that was my first uh, reaction. Just like, whoa, your best player, arguably on offense, the person you ran your offense through wants out. <laughs> how, how bad did things have to go for that to happen after the season he had? Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and there is so much to unpack with this whole situation that we are un- undoubtedly going to forget about things that should be said. So don't hold it against us if we forget an important element of this whole scenario, because as my notes show, there is a lot that goes into it. But let's start in the beginning. Let's start with uh, with the reports and then we'll kind of briefly go over. Debo's, you know, season that kind of got him to this point. And and we'll start there. So first started with, like I said, the Instagrams, scrubs, the the rumors of unhappiness, the rumors of of contra- stalled contract talks or, or contract talks that never even started. You know, we heard all that and it was kind of like, yeah, whatever. Got it. It's the off season. People are going to say whatever. Um, but, you know, and then I think it was yesterday or the day before when there were screenshots of Debo Samuel's brother uh saying that that we're going to request a trade anyways and you know even something like that you're like yeah whatever dude like you know it's it's all part of the game and apparently it wasn't jeff darlington of espn tweeted earlier today that uh i'm and i'm gonna actually pull it up because i want to read it how he wrote it um at jeff darlington breaking news i just spoke to wide receiver debo samuel and he told me that he asked the 49ers to trade him He did not want to discuss specific reasons behind his request, but he has indeed let the 49ers know his desire to leave the organization more to come. Okay. And then um, Ian Rappaport at Rapsheet on Twitter started kind of adding to Jeff Darlington's report. The The trade request came in more than a week ago, and the 49ers have been aware of Debo's feelings for a while. This is why there have been no talks. The 49ers have been, and then a separate tweet. The 49ers have been looking to make offers for a long-term deal with ride receiver Debo Samuel, but he's been unwilling to engage. This is why, unclear where this goes from here, but Samuel wanting out is the latest in big name wide receiver drama. And then again, Rappaport added to it saying, money is not at the root of the issue for Debo Samuel. Otherwise, that could be fixed with a big offer. But there are also issues with how he's used. Um, and then, you know, he kind of goes on to talk about it in some videos, talks about what are the 49ers sitting in the draft and nothing necessarily to add to the conversation coming from rap sheets since those tweets. So, you know, a lot to even unpack just in those tweets right there. And yesterday, Adam Schefter on, I can't remember what show he was on. Do you remember what show he was on? What was he on? Um, oh, I NFL can't remember. Live. There you go. On NFL Live said, look, the 49ers have no problem paying Debo Samuel. They want to pay Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is not reciprocating the conversation. And at at the time, everybody kind of reacted like, whoa, like it literally sounds like you're, you know, a puppet for the team right now. Like it just seemed like he was totally shilling for the 49ers. And it's like, damn. But everything that's come out since then, which 
as KP and I talked about before the pod, could still all be coming from the 49ers, has kind of uh, you know backed up that report that the 49ers want to get something done, but Debo Samuel doesn't. And, and, and I don't know how far his reluctance goes. We'll talk about it, but so – you tell me we'll just we'll just keep reacting to all this as we unpack it all. What did you think when you heard about that? Like what are your just your general thoughts of Debo Samuel wants to get paid by someone, he doesn't want to get paid by the 49ers and he apparently doesn't want to be used how he was used during his 2021 season. So I mean like what what's on your mind, bro? Essentially everything you read comes off as team agenda. It comes off as I mean, I mean, just calling it a puppet, calling them puppets probably isn't fair to them. But when Rap Sheet was reading that and said big offer, that tells us nothing. <laughs> that right. number, there's no number there. There's number, no numerical value. So in his mind, the 49ers big offer isn't big enough. And that's probably the real reason why we're here. I think it's fair to assume that timing's an issue. Um, you know, he might want his money now. And as they do, George Kittle, Fred Warner. They extend their guys right before training camp, so in July. And hes I imagine he's not used to that. He's not used to having to wait. And why wouldn't you want your guarantee based on what other guys are about to make, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and just going into you know this final year of your contract when you know you should have an extension. So I understand not wanting to do anything until you get that contract, and I understand the 49ers part. Well, no, this is what we always do. So uh, there's a lot going on. There's so much to unpack, and – Acting like one side is wrong for one for one thing is just it's ignoring a lot of it, right? And and that's why, you know. And if if you're unaware of what Debo Samuel did last season, it was, I don't know how you could be unaware of it, but it was very special. Right. You know, he had 77 catches for over 1,400 yards and six touchdowns. He averaged over 18 yards a catch, which is absurd. That's and if we can just take a timeout right there. think about how he got to those 1800 yards so you're going to hear a lot about kyle shanahan did this kyle shanahan did that a lot of those uh 1400 yards were all debo (laughs) um taking just a screen or a slant and just outrunning everybody or running through people so you can't ignore the way he got those so a lot of a lot of guys rack up volume stats these were not volume or useless stats and a lot of the big plays he had for example, the Titans game, if you remember on Thursday night when he had a long catch for a touchdown, he, he got tackled short of the touchdown. But if he doesn't make these type of plays for them all year, they're not winning games. So I feel like that's getting left out of all this analysis too. Oh, yeah, of course. And and it's ju- it's not just the numbers. It, all you had to do was watch kind of the, the back half of that season, and there were still big games in the front half of the season too. But as the 49ers – uh, you know, it was it was a weird transition for Debo because he started as, uh, you know, a wideout on a ridiculous pace. You know, 189 yards, 93 yards, 52 yards, 156 yards, 58 yards, 100 yards, 171 yards. Like, it wasn't as if Debo started the season slow. I believe there were portions there where he was leading the league in receiving yards. Um, and, and we all, like KP just said, we all saw how he was getting it done. It was just dominant. And it was... Insanely impressive, but then something changed. The as as Debo Samuel came into form, the 49ers running back situation started to deteriorate, which led to Kyle Shanahan experiment, experimenting a little bit more 
with Debo Samuel in the backfield. And then his rushing carries, you know, if you follow, there's a direct correlation. If you look at his box stats, and obviously ours aren't telling the whole story, but you start out the season, zero carries, two carries, two carries, one, one, zero, zero, zero. Then out of nowhere, as the 49ers running back situation started to deteriorate, Debo Samuel gets five carries, eight carries, six carries, eight carries, six carries, five carries, seven carries, eight carries, and it starts to just add up. And he turn, and that's the transition from Debo Samuel, the star wide receiver, to Debo Samuel, the star offensive playmaker slash sole engine behind the 49ers offense. You know, like it became like he was the man. And the receiving stats weren't as impressive, but his games were more impressive and how they played out and how he dominated. And, you know, you're not even taking into account the fact that no one even really includes the stats of the fact. I know postseason stats aren't included, but he also had in three postseason games, he had 27 catches, 137 yards, a touchdown. And then he also had another 10 care or where's the, uh, where's the rush? Oh, excuse me. I was reading his rushing stats. He had 27 carries just in the playoffs for 137 yards, yeah, which is yeah. when your rushing stats look like receiving stats, you're doing something right. And then he also had another 10 catches for 150 yards. So just in three playoff games, he accounted for over 300 yards of offense. So it's like, it just, he became like the, the offense, you know, it, it was, there's no other way to say it. It's not to say that George Kittle and, and Brandon Ayuk and, you know, everybody else wasn't doing anything. We saw Elijah Mitchell come into his own too, but Devo Samuel was the offense. And that's where he's coming from, from multiple angles. One, when he's talking about how he should be paid, you know, so let's, let's transition. Let's talk about Devo's side of why we're here. You know, we'll get into why the 49ers are where they are. Cause they have just as much, if not more to say in the conversation as Debo, but we're, let's, you know, we've obviously already started the conversation why is Debo in this situation and those the way the season unfolded and just to call him the most valuable player on the team isn't even quite doing it justice. Like it was just, there were just games where it was just Debo over and over and it was something to watch. And when you put together that type of season in his third year of his contract, it just like, it's hard to even put it into words. Like he, did everything he had to do and more. Like, he changed the game a little bit. You know, how many times since the end of last season have we heard getting a player like Debo Samuel? You know, he he put his little stamp on the game, and you don't just necessarily do that for free in the NFL. Whenever a player emerges to that degree, money just has to follow. It's just the way it works. Now, it just so happens that Debo Samuel is on the third year of his rookie contract, which is now, this is the first off season. He's even been, I believe he's even been eligible to be paid. Like, right. I believe within that, that rookie contract, you're not even, you can't even talk contracts until the end of their third year. Um, so what, what else do you got KP coming from, from Debo's aim, angle? Let's look at it from Debo's point of view. What other reasons does he have right now to be justified in what he's attempting to do? Because when you're reading those first few games, when he was an actual receiver, the Lions, he went over 100 yards. He actually had 189 yards because he had that long play where, again, down the sideline, mossed a guy and then outrun everyone else for 60 more yards. So those first that first month or so of the season, he led the NFL in receiving. So you can't just say, 
oh, well, he got a lot of his production from the running back. Nope. When he was doing receiver things, he was the best at that too. So that has to count for something. And I don't know why it's not. Um, And just as you mentioned, he did the Niners a favor by going to running back. And it turned out he was the best running back. So, uh, I mean, wherever, whenever he was on the field, whenever they gave him the ball, he was the guy. And there's so many games where if he wasn't doing anything, neither was the offense. He bailed them out of a lot of situations. So I understand exactly why he wants to get paid. If I'm going to take that type of wear and tear that you put my body through for another year, no, you're going to compensate me as such. And um, I'm giving you the same type of value, the same type of production as a high-end top receiver. So pay me like it. And it, it makes sense if you frame it like that in that, in that uh, or just looking at it from Debo's perspective. Right. And I think to, to your point of what you mentioned, a lot of people use, you know, use the idea that he was a gadget player as the season went on, which kind of like for some reason has a negative connotation to it. And right. it, it really all it does is speak to the versatility uh, that Debo Samuel is capable of playing almost any offensive position. I guarantee you if they told Debo they needed him at right tackle, he'd probably be pretty fucking good at it. Like, it's just, he's weird like that. Like, it doesn't make sense, but it's Debo Samuel, and that's just the way he is. If you've seen Debo Samuel's lower half, he'd probably be a good defensive lineman, too. Like, he just is weird like that, and he's a freak athlete. And there's, to me, he was doing whatever he needed to do all season long. If the 49ers would have kept using him purely as a receiver on the outside, then his numbers would have stayed how they started. And he likely would have been among the maybe top three to five in receiving yards all year. He, his, he, his receiving totals wouldn't have been 1400 yards. Then maybe they would have been 1700. You know, it would have been a ridiculous. I just think Devo Samuel would have had a ridiculous season either way, but the team needed him elsewhere. They realized what he was capable of just with the ball in his hands. And they started just finding a way to get it to him as often as freaking possible. And Debo Samuel did all of that in spades and was just an absolutely massive reason why the 49ers got as far as they did. With Jimmy Garoppolo playing fairly mediocre football, injuries at other positions, Devo Samuel was the guy that really made everything go. And it doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, now where Debo's case is, is he as good of a receiver as the top paid guys? No, he's not. I mean, he, that doesn't mean he's not good. I'm just talking about the absolute highest paid at the position. Is he as good of a receiver as them? I don't think so. But those numbers he was putting up at the beginning of the season maybe tell a different story. And again, if we would have seen those throughout the season, maybe we'd have a different opinion. But he's not just doing receiver things. And, and the fact that running backs are – Lesser paid doesn't really apply here because he's a receiver that was asked to do running back things and just happened to do them incredibly well. The dude averaged 6.2 yards a carry. Like, that's insane. It doesn't make sense. It's in, in the world of running backs, that's ridiculous. So now you've got a receiver that's proven that he can do that at a great level. And then you've got a receiver that was asked to play running back and now has also proven that he can do that at a great level. And so you don't just like pay him less because he did running back things. You pay him more because right. he's capable of doing the great receiver things and the great running back things. Essentially all Debo is, is just put the ball in my hands. I'm going to make a play. You saw what he did against the Cowboys. K1 Williams picked it off. Kyle Sh- or Debo Samuel looked to Kyle Shanahan and said, Hey, give me the ball. They gave him the ball. He scored. 
That was you know, their that only is, offensive touchdown in like seven drives after the first one. Right. And and it's so, you know, again, this whole conversation, this last 10 minutes has been framed from Debo Samuel's point of view, why he deserves to be paid. There's still a lot to be said from the 49ers perspective, but there's a lot for Debo too. Who, like I said, maybe tweak the NFL just a little bit. You know, and anytime a, a player can step in and change the game a little bit, that's that's special. And maybe he didn't change the game at all, but he certainly brought a lot of eyes to players who just don't need to be used as just a wide receiver. You can bet your ass that the Dolphins have some pretty crazy plans for Tyreek Hill. Oh, maybe. I bet. Okay, you so let's I'm, flip the script. Can we talk about it from the team's perspective? Can we talk about um, – why they might have to make a trade or, um, you know, why they, why they don't want to budge. The biggest thing with me, and, and I think that KP knows this, anybody listening knows this, anybody that's been listening to this pod knows that I am in no way ever had a problem with players getting what's paid and getting what's due. And if Debo Samuel gets paid the absolute bag, then good for him. Like, I could not be happier for him. But when it came to this individual situation, I felt like as it started to develop, I could easily see the team's point of view and why they weren't terribly eager to pay him yet. And I say yet. I'm not saying the 49ers don't want to pay Debo Samuel. But when you look at Debo Samuel's career, going all the way back to college, there's another very good player on the 49ers that has a sort of similar resume. Devo Samuel's been consistently hurt. He had a pretty healthy rookie season with the 49ers. And then I believe he had that. He broke his foot last or two off seasons ago, right? Yes. Broke his foot two off seasons ago. It was early in the off season. I want to say too. Right. And then that supposedly kind of effect and not, I mean, it's very easy to, to, to see how it would happen. That affected how good a shape Debo Samuel was able to come into training camp, and he instantly started dealing with soft tissue injuries and was only able to play, and I think last in 2020, seven games. He only started five. Uh, missed most of the season. And, you know, there was, and then you go back to college. He struggled with injuries too. I think he, he had a really, really bad hamstring injury as a freshman. I think he broke a leg bone as a junior. Somewhere in there, now I mean, like broken leg bone, like there's not a whole lot you can do about that. But um, so Devo Samuel has a pretty consistent battle with injuries. There were also the times where you heard about, you know, the 49ers need to watch Devo Samuel during the offseason because he puts on weight quick. Now, I we haven't necessarily seen that manifest itself in a way where I don't even know if it's even worth mentioning right. because Debo Samuels it, it was in pretty incredible shape last year. Like, uh, you don't just don't do those things with in in, in anything else. Being out of so, shape. Yeah. Right. So, and here's here's where I'm leading up to the prime Debo Samuel. The, the Debo Samuel at his peak didn't come until this season. He looked pretty good as a rookie. And his and his and his his performance was nothing. I'm not saying it wasn't great at all. But Debo Samuel didn't really transcend and, you know, think of like Goku evolving and stuff like that. He didn't really get to that level until this season. And so it's tough to just pay somebody 
wide receiver one money based on one true season of production. Now, does that mean that Debo Samuel will not continue to play this way for the next six or seven years? It doesn't mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's not going to, but you can see where the 49ers are like, whoa, 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 let's pump the bricks. And in an ideal world, I think the 49ers would have been, would have loved to have let Debo Samuel play one more season. And you can, we can go back to Debo Samuel's point of view where that would not be necessarily be to his benefit. And if he put together anything like he did in 2021, I think the team would pay him even more than they would have paid him this year. You know, but does the risk outweigh that reward for Debo Samuel? I would assume so. But I don't think the 49ers have any problem paying Debo Samuel. I think they just have some reservations about it. It's going to be tough for them to go as high as Debo Samuel wants them to go with just a limited sample size. Debo Samuel wants to get paid like guys who have been rattling off a thousand plus yard seasons for years. You know, look at AJ Brown's stats, look at DK Metcalf's stats, look at Terry McLaurin's stats, look at Tyreek Hill's stats, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, all these guys that Debo Samuel wants to be paid alongside or like have been doing it at a much more consistent level. And that's not to say that Debo Samuel can't do it at that level or beyond their level, but that resume and that that body of work matters. It just does. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's part of where the team is coming at it from like we just don't have a ton to go off here there's a little bit to be afraid of and you know that would just affect the conversation now everything we've heard says the team still wants to pay Debo Samuel but when it comes to numbers guarantees incentives that body of work can influence what the contract looks like so and then what I was going to say and I kind of mentioned it earlier is the 49ers are about to hand Nick Bosa a lot of money, and he also has a very similar injury history going all the way back to high school. So does that hold weight? I don't know. But what what other viewpoints from the 49ers am I, am I missing here? No, I mean, you have to mention the injury part. You have to mention, you know, just being able – so I mentioned that a lot of it was Debo. If it was – if 50% of it was Debo – then 50% of you know his production was Kyle Shannon getting him open or getting him in space on the second level. And then why hasn't he done – or not why hasn't. We know it's because of the injuries, but other guys are getting paid because they've had multiple 1,000-yard seasons. That hasn't happened yet. And if you know he's going to have the wear and tear and you know there's an injury history, it makes sense why he's not going to get the certain amount of guaranteed money that the other guys are because they're established because they're not missing as much time as he is. So it all, it makes sense from both sides, which is why there's a stalemate. This is business. It always happens like this. It shouldn't be that much of a surprise. Um, people, as, as we mentioned, you know, some are calling him mature. Nobody will ever call the 49ers greedy for, you know, not offering him what he thinks his value is. So um, again, it goes, it goes different ways, but I think, I think you hit it all pretty much. Um, just as far as the team side goes, which is why trade is a real option. Because if you know you're not going to be able to reach an agreement with Debo, the last thing you want to do is wait until after the draft because future draft picks are nowhere near as valuable. And I know people always say, well, the 2023 in this case, uh, next year's draft is better than this year's draft. Well, yeah, you don't know where those next year's picks are going to be. And the last thing you want to do is go through a season 
when you move Debo Samuel after the draft and you don't have any draft picks to replace him. So, um, yeah, I could see why they, they might have to go, you know, over this next week and try to get something done. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's just, and that's kind of the weird, you mentioned it, that's kind of one of the weird parts about this whole thing is is usually when things like this happen, just by the nature of the circumstances, it's kind of easy to see one side or the other and kind of lean towards one side or the other, like who has a better case, I guess you could say. But in this case, like I honestly feel like both players, or excuse me, both sides have plenty of... I don't know what you want to call it. Like all the, all of their grievances are valid, whether you're Debo Samuels and and the problems he has with the situation, or you're the 49ers and the problems they have with the situation. You know, it's, it's, it's just like, you can see both sides and it's interesting because like I said, usually you can kind of lean one way or another. And, and, and normally that's always towards the player with me. That's just kind of where I lean. And, and I'm still, could say that now, but I could see all the reservations the 49ers would have. And it's just tough to envision this kind of seamlessly working its way out when right. it's just, and here's my, my big thing is, uh, and I put this on my notes and obviously I don't want to, I'm not trying to, you know, like Debo Samuel's in a tough spot. He's gotten hurt a lot. He's an incredible football player. And he and he put together the absolute season of his life. Not to say he could easily one up it. I mean, he's just that good. Exactly when he had to. Exactly when he had to. Like it's his third year of his rookie contract. He's battled with injuries his entire football career almost, but he was able to put together the season of his life in one of the most physical seasons, probably the most physical season he's ever played a football in terms of putting your body on the line and what you're doing on the field. And I believe he's basically saying like, I am going to get paid 
by somebody right now. Because I'm, and I wouldn't blame him for saying this, maybe he's never able to do that again. That's you know, if, point, if, 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 and even if he, it's not even a, a slight against him, it's just you never know in the game of incredibly physical game of football when something's going to happen that could end your career, could, uh, you know, drastically change your body and what it's able to do. You know, we've seen it time and time and time and time again. And I, I can't fault Debo Samuel for putting together the season of his life and just wanting it to mean something, you know. And we're not talking about, like, a guy just being greedy. We're talking about a guy being paid enough money to take care of his entire life, his family's entire lives. And, you know, if he's smart with his money, future generations and his his, his kids and his kids and his kids' kids. Like, it's a absurd amount of money so it, you have to keep in mind that while you know you want to see both sides work it out and you want to understand why what a trailer player's true motives are you got to understand that like where what Debo Samuel's been through and what he just did and what he's trying to do you know that doesn't mean that he's going to fall off after this season it just means that he put everything on the line in 2021 to get his team all the way to the NFC championship game game and almost to another Super Bowl. And he wants to get paid for doing that. And like, do I have a problem with that? Absolutely not. Like if he doesn't do it now, then when's he going to do it? So my high, yeah, he's at the highest peak, right? I mean, the odds that he, he has could, another 20, the odds that anybody has another 2021 20, season that Debo just had are very slim over the next three or four years. Right. And that's fair to say. Like, it, it was just an absolutely incredible season, one for the record books, something we've, like, like, you know, stuff we've just almost never seen before. And so Debo Samuel is looking, said, Look, there's a good chance I'm never able to do that again. I want to get paid. And I'm now, for the first time in my NFL career, eligible to get paid. So whether it's by the 49ers or somebody, I'm going to take care of me and my family. So if and, – and, you know, when you start to look at it from that angle, you can kind of see why he's done what he's done. You may not agree with how he's done it. It does. There has been times seemed like it was a little quick. It's a little shrill. But this is business. And if, if we're going to talk about how shrill a player is being, you have to talk about how – how brutal teams are constantly year in and year out in the NFL. Every offseason in March, they cut a guy and he loses money. That are that are signed to current contracts. Yeah. You know, and he that is a that like is 40% a 40% less because of it. Right. And that is a huge part of this situation. So let's let's transition into where do we go from here? Because I think we did a decent job highlighting where Debo Samuel's looking at this from highlighting where the 49ers are looking at this from. Both teams have very valid arguments and approaches to their situation. Um, you would hope that it never came to any of this. Like, obviously, that's the hope. But it has, and we're here. So we're just kind of working our way through it. So moving forward, um, I guess the thing you have to start out with in terms of what could happen from here is they work it out. And they sit down and they say, look, because the 49ers, like, you could make an argument that Debo Samuel needs the 49ers. And then a, a, a large part of, like you did already did a little bit, a large part of Debo Samuel's success was being in the perfect environment along with the perfect coach for him. 
Then you look at it from the other side. The 49ers, what would they be without Debo Samuel? And what he evolved into this last season? Something significantly less. Yes. So, we have evidence. <laughs> right. So what do you think, man? Do you think that they could resolve this? I do. The issue and the reason that I would lean he does get moved is because we have like a weak span, right? Just because a draft puts that much more pressure on both sides to come to an agreement. Like, will who's going to budge first? Who's going to bend first? Who's going to crack first? And it doesn't seem like that's what the that's the 49ers MO, right? With that in mind, just like with the Buckner thing, they said at the combine, you guys they gave them permission to seek a trade. And in this case, with um, Debo, it doesn't sound like you know or he has a number in mind, and they have a number in mind. And if it's gotten this this ugly this quick, we're in April. We should have a few months to go. But again, because of draft, I don't think we do. So I I don't know, man. If it's gotten this ugly this quick, I don't see it getting better. If he were to sign, if it were to work out, what do you do? You just like, oh, I'm just playing. Um, everything's all good. It it doesn't seem like that. So with that in mind, I I don't know, man. I, I lean closer to no, but the NFL is wild. And and in a with the way social media plays a part, with the way that we've seen receivers move as of late, that's another reason why I think he does get moved. Now, I think it's important to mention that Debo Samuel did tweet and has since deleted it that yes. reporters' job, reporters' jobs, I'm gonna reporters' jobs is to make stories. Only people know the truth about the situation. Is 49ers. Uh, Tory Dandy, which is his agent, who also reps Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf. Uh, no, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. Uh, Tory Dandy and Debo Samuel. So he's saying that I don't know what he's saying, but it was funny because Pro Football Focus tweeted Debo Samuel sets the record straight, <laughs> and it didn't set anything straight. There's nothing straightened out there about didn't that. Do anything. I, yeah. So apparently, there's something being said that Debo Samuel doesn't necessarily agree with, but. There's so many things being said that we don't know what that is. It could be the fact that Debo Samuel's unhappy. It could be the fact that Debo Samuel doesn't want to do running back wide receiver things anymore. It could be, you know, all the different elements of what has been said. Debo Samuel apparently doesn't agree with, but it, it does seem. Huh? I think it's the why. It's like the right. part of the part of the reason why he's. That you know, would be. Right, that would be at the top of my list if I were trying to interpret that. Is it's it's the why he wants out. It's not because you know, like Debo Samuel has to know that yes, while the, his style of play will have ramifications on his long term career, a huge chunk of his values now is in his versatility and what teams can do with him and how they can get the ball in his hands. So it would seem odd, just by my train of thought that Debo Samuel would want to get paid, as he's liked on Instagram, $25 million a year. But And then he would ask for a trade, but then he would tell everybody in the NFL that he doesn't want to be used how he was used last year. So what does that mean? Like, now you want to get traded, and then when you're talking to the team that you may get traded to, you're going to have to get them to agree to the fact not to use you how the 49ers were using you last year? That seems weird to me. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. like I, I that's the part that's hard for me to buy. Like, 
And and Debo Samuel and Kyle Shanahan, and this plays into how the 49ers may resolve this if they can, are apparently close and met multiple times a week just in Kyle Shanahan's office to have a conversation. If Debo Samuel didn't like playing the way he was played and those two were close, it would seem very likely that Debo Samuel would say, hey, coach, man, like, can we lay off the carries a little bit? Maybe just toss the ball about to me on the outside or something because, you know, this this is kind of starting to hurt a little bit. It, if, the, if Kyle Shanahan and Debo Samuel are as close as we think they are, then it doesn't seem like a hard conversation to have, right? Yeah, and that's where a, a good relationship, an established relationship would help. Yeah, as you mentioned, he told he told uh, Kyle to give him the damn ball in the playoffs, and Kyle did it. Why? Because he trusts him. You could tell that they have like a nice relationship. So you would imagine. Uh, do you think Kyle's texting? Do you think he's blowing him up? Um, or, or if I were Kyle, I wouldn't text. I wouldn't text shit. I would be calling and calling because way too much gets oh, lost. Fair, and, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. And I guess that's what I, I mean. Would you be? Would you be reaching out to him? I would be if I were to text Debo Samuel as Kyle Shanahan. The only thing I would be texting is, "Where are you going to be for the next twenty four hours?" Because I'm flying to you. That would be the only thing I would text him. If not, I'm calling. I'm saying, "Listen, man, you know that I love you and I have your back. So you tell me where to meet you, and I will find a way to make this work." Because if there's one person in the 49ers building that does not want Debo Samuel to walk out that door, it's Kyle Shanahan. And I also think, like I told KB before we hit record, was if there's one man that can mend this situation, to me, it's Kyle. One, he's the man in charge. (laughs) Like, period. And two, he knows exactly what Debo Samuel means to him. We can watch these games and... We can interpret how valuable Debo Samuel is to this offense, which is pretty fucking valuable, obviously. But Kyle Shanahan knows what he means to his offense. So, I mean, what do you think, dude? Could 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 Kyle Shanahan fly to Debo Samuel, sit down and work it out, or do you think it's it's you still think it's beyond that? Yeah, and it's tough to answer that just without knowing, you know, what the number is or why, what the real reason he isn't happy. Because right. he knows Shanahan's going to give him the ball. He knows Shanahan rides with him. Um, it, just going back to that tweet, it feels like he's just mad at what's being spread. Because if, if you remember, the Jeff Darlington thing was like he went out of his way to say Debo didn't want to get into the specifics. And after that, what happens? All the national all reporters the get into the specifics. Yes, yes. So um, there's a reason that Debo talked about it. So or didn't want to talk about it. So, yeah, I don't know what Shanahan would say or would do without knowing, you know, what the real issue is. And it just gets down to, you know, we're we're just playing the guessing game. I don't want to do that. We are. We are. And so let's say that the 49ers can't work it out, which just seems insane after what we just saw last season. The fact that the reality may be fast approaching that Debo Samuel is not on this team next season but we have to consider it we'd be ignorant not to he would be theoretically traded within the next eight days right yeah you would have to just because you want to have time to work out that deal um, with another team and i'm sure if as we said the debo news happened last week we just heard about it today they could be working something out 
That's right true. Now. That's an important and, and point. And us not know about it until draft day. But right. Just yeah, knowing it, the more we talk about it, the more the more we realize or the more that I'm starting to like the wheels are spinning that damn, they really need Debo. So I don't I don't know. Maybe I should backtrack and say I don't I don't think he gets moved just because he he was so much for them, man. It was insane, bro. It was insane. It was it was you know, it, it's tough to even quantify it with words, man. You just have to wa- go back and watch those games. And, you know, you can st- go back and watch the start of the season. You're going to see Debo Samuel, the the uh, elite wide receiver, the great wide receiver. And you're going to see Debo Samuel, the elite playmaker, all in one year. And, you know, you, he really did do it all. So it's, you know, the 49ers need Debo just as bad as Debo may, may or may not need the 49ers. I guess that's yet to be seen. But so, you know, it is – we're eight days away from the draft. And can you imagine being that front off? I'm now, let me backtrack one step further. You made a good point. Rap Sheets did say that the 49ers – that the requ- the trade was requested last week and the 49ers have known how Debo Samuel felt even before that. So the yeah. idea of trading him, even before the 49ers even wanted to consider trading him, has probably been talked about and worked out. And they've established a value because they've probably part of their business when they're just planning for future moves. Their, their priority number one was probably to pay Debo Samuel. But if that can happen, they owe it to themselves to do the math on what they feel Debo's worth, what it's going to take to trade him, what they have to get from another team, what they would do to replace him. They've probably already done this stuff even before Debo Samuel requested a trade. Now, what I want to know is what is life like in that front office right now? Because, I mean, there's a possibility that the 49ers could have a first-round pick in eight days that they haven't had all year. And so <laughs> are they just like, have they already done their research on these first round draft picks or and are they trying do to do, do it all? Do you do that no matter what? Right. I, I, I wonder. You would hope. Yeah. And there's, there's probably a level of depth, but man, 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 going from thinking the 49ers don't pick until 61 to now we're talking about potentially one of the top wide receivers or, you know, just a a wide receiver in general would be quite the spin zone from a week ago. It would be, man. And I just keep going back to draft day. Like when he makes a trade for that quarterback, uh, the number one pick in that quarterback, and he's like, hey, guys, I know we didn't do a lot of research on this guy, but it's draft day, so let's make sure he's good. And then they find out that he's (laughs) not good. And, you know, so, I mean, it's a ridiculous movie, but I watch it every year because it's entertaining. That's about all it is. It's entertaining. Um, so yeah, you've got a you've got a front office that is if if they may already have done their preparations, but there's no doubt some scrambling going on there, saying okay, well let's look at the most likely pe- the people that are most likely to trade for Debo Samuel. Where are they picking? We know these picks are out of the, you know maybe the you know top. They probably feel the top five to ten are out of play. So you know let's focus our efforts on these players it's probably just wild man i can't even imagine what it's like in there right now so and one thing i told kp before we hit record is one thing that would ease the pressure off other organizations off themselves 
is, and, and it doesn't necessarily help you this season. And that's a tough spot considering you're about to start your brand shining new quarterback. What if they trade Debo Samuel and there isn't even a pick involved in this year? Or if it is, maybe it's on day two and then it's next year's first. And then obviously if you're talking future picks, you're getting even more volume there. I don't know about value. Cause like you said, you don't know where those picks are going to land, but I mean, one thing the 49ers could theoretically do is say, let's, Pump the brakes a little bit. Let's focus on future picks. That way we don't have to rush some draft selection that we may not feel like we're ready for. And, you know, but again, that you're not replacing Debo Samuel with some talented rookie then, but it's an option. It's an option. Yeah. Oh, man. There, there are plenty of options. And how would you feel about this? All right. Now let's really go down the rabbit hole. 49ers wind up trading Debo Samuel to who? Who knows? Let's say it is the Jets because Robert Sala and the 49ers coaching staff, that's where they uh, that's where they migrated to. They migrated to the East Coast. So <laughs> with that in mind, um, they give you two second round picks and a third round pick. Are you obligated to use those on wide receivers or do you just continue to fill out the roster with your other holes? Uh, all this year, like all second yes, round picks. Yes, yes, yes. So let's. So I think the Jets have um, thirty five, thirty eight, and I want to say sixty nine. Okay. The Jets have four, ten, thirty five, thirty eight, sixty nine. Nice. Yeah, they're loaded with picks early. So, but if you if if I were the 49ers, I would say sure. I'll take your two second round picks this year, and then I'll take your first rounder next year. You know, like it, 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 I'm not sure that quite meets their standard, but hell yeah, one of them would have to be a wide receiver. And if I were the 49ers and I all of a sudden had three second round picks, then I would be like, all right, well, let's take two of those and let's get ourselves into the first round so that we can get a guy that we feel like has any shot at replacing what Debo is. Because yes, obviously Debo was himself selected in the second round, but that has nothing to do with the talent that he's become. You just don't get second round picks like that very often. You don't get first round picks like that very often. Right. So, right. so I mean, it's definitely a thing. And, you know, the Jets have the ammunition to really tempt the 49ers. But if I'm the 49ers, I'm looking at number 10 for sure. I'm being like, all right, you give me number 10 and then I'll give you my, our second or something. But, you know. It would be tough to, to me, it would be tough to trade Debo Samuel and not net a first round pick somewhere within that conversation. Like you can give me many, as many twos and threes as you want, but the fact that you traded somebody like Debo Samuel and didn't get a first round pick, that would be a little agree. 100%. Weird. You know, that would be a little egregious to me. Like Lynch, what the hell, bro? But again, they're probably scrambling. <laughs> like, uh, who knows what what's going on in that building right now? So okay, so we got trades, and some of the teams you know that are are likely. You've got the Carolina Panthers, who one could use a Debo, and two still don't have a bona fide starting quarterback. So you know maybe the Forty ers could try to find a way to swindle a Jimmy Garoppolo into that trade. You've got the Jets, who have a quarterback but could definitely use a Debo Samuel, who missed out on Tyreek Hill. Am I right? Sure did. Tried to swing for Tyreek Hill, put a real offer together, but they got turned down because I'd much rather play for the Dolphins than the Jets. 
no fault there. So, you know, there they could the Jets could be looking at Debo Samuel as a legitimate like like holy shit, this could still work out. We we missed out on Tyreek Hill, but now all of a sudden Debo Samuel's available, and I could see the Jets the Jets especially with Mike McDaniel right No, Matt Mc no Lafleur Lafleur is it? A, yep. Yeah, there's Matts, there's Mikes, there's Lafleurs, there's McDaniel's. There's I, all of them. Yeah, I will always get them confused. You know, he was right there with Debo Samuel for a couple years, so it's not they're very familiar with what with with the talent they'd be picking up. So, you know, you've got that. You've got the Eagles, who uh, you know are are in a position to kind of who could be looking to deal uh, first round picks. I think they have how many first round picks do the Eagles have? The Eagles have two. I think they have fifteen and eighteen. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at 15. Yep, they do have 15 and 18. You know, that, and that's a comfortable spot for them. You know, maybe they'd be looking to get into it. I don't know. They're in a little bit of a weird position when it comes to their offense right now. I'm not really entirely sure what to expect from that team. But Everyone thinks they're taking a receiver. Okay. then So I it mean, would make sense is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. So there are definitely some trade suitors out there that the 49 that are and Adam uh, or Ian Rappaport already reported that 49ers are fielding calls on Debo Samuel. They're not necessarily yeah. like, you know, I don't know how open to the idea of trading him they are, but they're picking up the phone. They have to. At this point, they absolutely have to talk through it, whether or not, you know, they've probably admitted to themselves, look, we would want nothing more than to trade Debo Samuel, but we we are only one half of this equation. We have to look into these offers. So they're talking right. I mean, there's a decent chance that while we're recording this, John Lynch is on the phone with another team or somebody high up Adam Peters, somebody high up in that front office is. So the Texans make a lot of sense. If you're talking about draft pick wise, because you're not, you're not going to get three for Debo, but they have 13 and 37 and yeah, they need all the help that they can get. And they already have Brandon cook. So if, if that's the route that they're going to go, you would think that, you know, they, they lean in Debo, so. All right, so the last little, it's it's kind of the third of the four scenarios, but the one I think we probably need to talk about is, I mean, what happens if Debo, the 49ers refuse to trade Debo Samuel and Debo Samuel refuses to show up? I Good mean, question. that's, the 49ers don't want to do that, but if that situation comes, the 49ers hold all the chips. They he has a salary to make. He's only in, in the third year of it, or he's he's in, he's he's in the the third transitioning into fourth year. They have him for another season. They could technically have him for another season after that with the franchise tag. And I was trying to read up as quickly as I could before we hopped on here. You know, if a player doesn't show up, they start getting fined into oblivion, and then they can actually lose an accrued season to where 2022 would mean nothing for Debo Samuel and 2023 would become the fourth year of his deal. So like it, Debo Samuel's reluctance can only go so far before it. Now there are ways around it. I, you know, you can, he can show up, but not really do anything. And I don't, I don't think that the 49ers could definitely could, could take the season from him in that case. I'm sure they could still find him, but it could get ugly real quick. I can't, I say real quick, but you know, that's a few months away. 
but it it could get real real ugly. I mean, could do you even see that as a possibility? I mean, yeah, there's all we we don't see a lot of these things coming. And usually when it hits us, like it hits us right away. We're getting everything right away, almost like word vomit. So to think that <laughs> it does it wouldn't spiral out of control and you know, we couldn't see the ugly side of things. I feel like that's naive just because we've seen it happen before in so many other areas and so many other avenues. So yeah, man, I, I, I would, I guess the easiest way to say it is I wouldn't be surprised if it did get there, but the more we talk about Debo and his relationship with Shanahan, it probably won't get there. He can hold a grudge for all we know and, and you know, just keep deleting things. But I, th- it seems like that would be the extreme version. Yeah, for sure. And then I think the, the least likely version which is not it's the least likely but obviously it's not a bad version at all but the 49ers and Debo Samuel work things out somehow they get him to play next season without signing a new contract which seems incredibly unlikely but there is also a scenario where they they figure you know whatever they talk about Debo Samuel plays out his final year of his contract. Uh, the 49ers could tag and trade him. They or they could just let him hit free agency. And depending on the season Debo Samuel put together, he could get paid a lot of money. Like uh, more than he would get if if he had another season that was anywhere near the one he just put together, he could get paid a lot of money. But that again, that scenario is so unlikely. You involve the two sides repairing things enough to get Steve Debo Samuel to play on the team. Then you, and you know, you've got Debo Samuel risking his career, you know, his payday for another final season. That just seems like 0.01% type unlikely, but it is an option that we have to discuss, I guess. Yeah, it's real. So, and I think the last thing I want to say is, and maybe I'll just pose it as a question. Do you think there's something else going on that we don't know? And when you say that, do you think it's like deeper than Debo? Or do you think, are you, are you meaning like what's getting under his skin? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, do you think there's other things that have happened to damage, damage this relationship that we don't know about? Because... I mean, the last time we saw Debo Samuel in a 49ers uniform, he seemed perfectly happy with his role. And the fact that, you know, he seemed to take some pride in his new newfound football role and the newfound position, the wide back, whatever you want to call it. That there didn't seem to be any problems. You know, he was perfectly happy with changing the game and being the face of the 49ers. And apparently since then, something has fallen apart. So do you think the 49ers made an offer that was just disgusting to him? Do you think that something has happened in the building relationship-wise? Do you think somebody's been in his ear that has completely changed his outlook on the situation? Maybe some combination of all this stuff? I don't know, man. What do you think? I think it's timing. I think it all comes back to timing just as far as, you know, we talk about wanting that security. He wants it now. And... He's not going to get it now, and he's probably he probably wasn't aware of that. Again, I think it's just being in this situation for the first time has a lot to do with this whole um, this whole fiasco. Will they be able to 
resolve? Will they be able to get past this? I think that's what I'm fascinated to see. And and let's say they don't. Let's say Debo does end up getting moved. Like, does he subtweet the Niners for the rest of his career? How does that work out? Right. Now, I'll say that I'll ask you this. Would you hold it against the 49ers if they traded him? Not at all. No, you ha- in, in a lot of instances, you have to do that because there's no other way. If you know that I'm not going to be able to agree with a player, like let's say that Debo says, all right, whatever, I'll play this year out. If you need to franchise tag me, I'll, I won't come back in that situation. If he tells them that, you would be like, you would just, that's bad business to not move him at his highest, knowing if he sits out next year, why would you give a first round pick knowing, you know, whatever? Uh, whatever is worth is now would be half that a year from now. So now it would be the highest you'd be able to get Debo. We're talking about the Texans picks. We're talking about potentially the Eagles picks and top 15 picks uh, a year from now. That's not going to be the case. So yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense if you're the 49ers and you know, there's no point of return to move him now. Well, and in, in, in the 49ers defense, and it's not like they need defending, they have been pretty, Forthcoming with with contracts. Trent Williams got paid big money. Nick Bosa probably will get paid big money. Eric Armstead's got a decent contract. Fred Warner's got a big money. Uh, George Kittle's got big money. When you say big money, um, by the way, all each three of those players are the highest paid of their position, or at the time of the signing, anyway. Right, and so even before this all went down, I saw a, a, a and you know, and there, like I said. They're going to pay Nick Bosa, you know, like they're, I, well, I would say the same thing about Debo, but so, you know, they've got, a, they've handed out a lot of big contracts. They're going to be giving out more big contracts, uh, contracts. I'm assuming that Debo Samuel was supposed to be among them. And even before this thing unraveled, I could see a scenario where the 49ers decided that, or, or maybe looking at their outlook on contracts at some point said, okay, it's either Nick Bosa or Debo Samuel. Which one do we want to keep? And maybe they determined it was Nick Bosa. And so maybe the 49ers were already considering uh, a Debo Samuel exit before all this unraveled. And and I was already kind of like mentally preparing myself for that because I just looked at it. I was like, hey, Debo Samuel was pretty good as a rookie. Couldn't really get on the field in his second season and then blew up in his third season. And then now he wants game-changing money. So I could see them just being a little trepidatious about it. So, you know... I could just, if I do believe that if the 49ers trade Debo Samuel, one, most of it would have had to do with the way this situation all unraveled. But a part of me still believes they were already considering it. At, yeah, at the very, was, had to be just table, as right? an organization, right? Like you have to be able to confront multiple scenarios and realities. Man, there's no doubt. And that's the, the bad part of the business is, no matter what, no matter how you feel about a player, nobody is going to argue how much of an impact Debo had on the 49ers last year. That's not up for debate because it was a big piece of the pie. With that said, in the in knowing that we're just talking about the business, if there's no if there's no point of return, you have to consider everything. You have to put everything on the table. With that in mind, that's when you put together all these different trade packages just in case a situation like this arises. And as you mentioned, if you had to come to a, let's say the reason that we're here is because they did decide that Bosa is more valuable. So with that in mind, when Lynch said Debo's budgeted in, 
He meant by his budget, not Debo's budget. So that's why we're here. <laughs> right, right. And then we're just kind of tossing this around. And, you know, again, like we said earlier, it's hard for me to believe that this is just about usage. I think Debo Samuel has to embrace the fact that if he were to get, if he were to, if he were to break the bank and truly become one of the league's highest paid wide receivers, it would be partly because of how versatile and how effective he is from multiple formations. You know, that Debo Samuel, you know, he knows how many times he got into the end zone when the ball was not thrown to him last season. I just, it's hard for me to believe that his problem was, is with the way he was used when the way he was used got him in the end zone a lot. So, you know, that's why it, it, I pose the question, you know, could there be something else going on here? Because it's just hard for me to think that he has a problem with what made him so prominent. Yeah, he know, did like, embrace it, which is what makes the, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they moved him right. to running back, and he took over at running back, and still would line up in the slot every now and then or give him plays at receiver. But to say that he has he's having a hard time embracing it is just not true because we saw we, they went through a whole season where that exact that was the exact thing that happened. Right, and he he seemed perfectly content with with his ability to change the game. And then I think the last thing we need to touch on is the 49ers. And we, we, I mentioned it earlier, but this is about to be Trey Lance's first season as the 49ers starting quarterback. And I'm not even entertaining the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo could still be around for that. I'm not even, don't even want to talk about it. Yep. We're over that. Is, is he the biggest loser in this situation? (laughs) Man. So he goes from what, um, Having a guy who you can turn around and hand the ball off to, who you can throw a screen to and have your stats padded, who's the ultimate bailout player, um, to now a you know twenty one year old, twenty two year old, assuming obviously Debo's moved, to maybe now you have to work like you really really have to lean on a Brandon Ayuk or a George Kittle. Like that's another thing. They still have a lot of talent on the roster. When you say those things out loud. And if they were to move on from Debo, they almost assuredly would get a high pick. With that in mind, that high pick is going to be probably a wide receiver because this is what they do. They moved Buckner. They went and got Kinlaw. So they're probably going to do the same thing. And, man, you would imagine with the depth of this wide receiver class, that player would probably be productive in a Kyle Shannon office because everybody's productive in a Kyle Shannon office. (laughs) The layers well, are insane, man. And I remember, I can't remember what the play is. Maybe it was, maybe you can. I can't remember what game it was. It was probably that late season game, either against the Texans or at some point in the Cardinals game. But they ran a play where, and I don't even know if it was an option pitch type play, but it was like at at one moment, and I was watching this game live at, at the stadium, and I and Trey Lance. The defense had to, simultaneously had to worry about Debo Samuel running the ball to the left and Trey Lance possibly keeping the ball and running it to the right. And I don't remember what the play was. I want to say it was like a sweep to Debo, but it was almost like a read play where Trey Lance could have kept it and taken it the completely other way. And I just watched that play unfold and I was like, oh boy, like this is going to be a problem next year. Like when an NFL defense has to worry about what Trey Lance can do on the ground, what Debo Samuel can do on the ground, 
And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan and his infinite wisdom can find a way to make it to where there's another running back there that they've got to worry about. And it's just in that moment, I, and again, I wish I had more details about what play it was in that moment. I was just like, Oh man, this is going to be fun. And now we're looking at a very real situation where Devo Samuel might not be around next year and won't be a part of Trey Lance's first season. And that has to suck for Trey Lance. Slow hundred percent, man. Let's talk about it from our perspective. Just the watchability of the 49ers without Debo Samuel. Think about everything that he did last year and not having to watch, not, not being able to watch that. Not even the, so you always remember the crazy plays, like the, the 60 yarders, those, those touchdowns where he's jumping over people, running through people. The ones where he takes a gain that had no business gaining six yards are the ones that really make the 49ers offense go where he breaks a tackle in the backfield and turns a run into four yards or takes his slant. And instead of getting tackled by one person, he, he makes another guy miss. And now it's, you know, a 12 yard gain. Those are the things that are, would be, you know, just suck not having Debo for because sure you can get another athletic guy as a wide receiver, but replacing what Debo did last year. And, and who knows if Debo is ever able to do that again, but man, he was able to do a lot. He was, he was, but I don't. I think we've, I think we've covered it for now. But man, um, um, there is a very good chance that, I mean, one, we're obviously going to be back on here uh, next week before the draft. That's an obvious, but there's a very good chance that we're on here uh, even before that to uh, to talk about something else. And we'll see. Maybe that's the 49ers working it out with Debo. Maybe it's Debo being shipped off to another team. We'll see. I mean, What's who the hell knows? Uh, what's my prediction? Is Debo Samuel on the roster a week from now? And when I say a week from now, I'm not saying Wednesday night. Let's call it Friday night since that's after the first round. Um, yes. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's still on the team. Whether or not they truly get it worked out, because they do not have to trade him before the draft. Obviously, right. it would behoove them. Uh, you know, you get your maximum value that way. Um, but it doesn't have to happen. So I'm going to say, yes, he's still on the roster. What about you? Oh, man. Yeah, just because, just t- again, talking it through, he means so much to them. He means so much to their culture, like their identity. Like when you think of the 49ers offense, for as much as we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo throughout the season, you think Debo because he was their offense. So, yeah, I, I think they would have a hard time parting ways with him unless somebody's just blew them away with an offer, which right. a team would have to get really desperate to do. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. I think, yeah, I think that the 49ers are going to do everything absolutely in their power to make it work with Debo Samuel, unless some team comes around. like, we're giving you our first six year, our first this year, our first next year and, uh, and a, and a third rounder. And, and they'd be like, all right. <laughs> So take it. <laughs> right, right. And and again, there are merits to that. And it, it, you know, considering how Debo feels, considering the 49ers salary cap situation and them having to walk this delicate dance of paying their good players, there are merits to something like that happening, but I just don't think we need to confront it just yet. Well, it'll it'll happen when it happens. But hey bro, appreciate you having you on. Uh, you know, should be uh, on a weekly basis, but 
you know, we're 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 making do with what we got. We'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> we'll find a way to stick it to the man eventually. But hey, appreciate you, brother. Um, I also appreciate everybody listening. As always, thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Thank you for making the podcast what it is. I hope y'all are currently getting your tax returns back um, and being able to enjoy that little bonus. I mean, I don't know. Maybe tax season is stressful for some people. I don't want to seem just, you know, you know, ignorant. But maybe I am. Um, but hopefully, you guys are enjoying your tax returns. Don't spend it all in one place. But. Um, appreciate you guys for listening to the pod like i always say it's, it, it, this whole this whole ship doesn't doesn't go anywhere without you guys ap once again thanks man but hey you're listening to strike and gold and for another episode we're signing out Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.